This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod, the Chicago Fire postgame edition. A 2-2 draw at home with Sporting Kansas City. Uh, tonight I'm joined with by Brian Battle, who's filling in for Pat. We to give Pat the night off. He's been working hard enough. He decided he had things that were more important. I'm not really sure always what that is, but Pat says there's something more important. It's eh, He's probably wrong. But anyway, I've been lucky enough Unreasonable. to... He unreasonable is, is the right word. And as you could hear, my co-host tonight is Brian Battles back again. It's always a pleasure to have you, though, Brian. It, it's great to have you back on um, to discuss the afternoon's uh, festivities, for, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, anytime there's a draw like this, the question is always my, my favorite question is, does it feel like they stole a point or do you feel does it feel like they gave away two? Or does it I feel mean, or does it feel fair? I guess, I, you, or does one point seem just? If you watch this game, you will know that this was a smash and grab one point steal, right? Like there's no, there's no arguing. I can't get it closer than it did. So I'll take this yeah. as a one point steal. I, I, I like the term smash and grab because that's exactly what I uh, what I thought of when I saw it happen. And yet, going into this game, had you told me you were going to get a point, I would have been fine they need three they're at home you know it's always take three at home try and get one on the road this felt like one that set itself up you know no graham susie uh beesler is either doesn't or isn't playing um yeah they're playing on three days and they play they're, wednesday they're playing on three days saturday right yeah. espinoza espinoza only played 23 minutes it, it lined up nicely again this, that sporting did and they only came away with a 2-2 draw. But like you said, had you told me after they went down 2-1, to one, they're going to steal a point out of this, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. So it just kind of depends on, on where you're at. But going into this game, I felt like this was one. You needed three points if you want to show you're a serious team. Now that said, though, Kansas City's a, it's a good, they're a good team. They're always a good team. I mean, they're actually good this year, but they're always a tough team. Like very well-disciplined Um they have a system that they've been using for like five, four or five years now. And it's always effective, even when they don't have like the greatest talent on the field. And maybe that's what we saw today. I don't know. Um, right. Uh, third, Kansas City's third in the West. They're sitting on 30 points. And I'm looking at this and I'm, th- this caught my mind. And w- before we get back into the game, this, I just saw this now. So I wanted to bring this to your attention. So the fire, the only team, the fire played below the playoff line in the West is Houston. And they smacked the holy crap out of them. San Jose, Vancouver are b- both in the playoffs. Sporting in the playoffs. Seattle in leading the West in the play, you know, in, in above the line right now. Hmm. So their crossover games have not exactly, and Minnesota's in sixth if they ever get that game in. So not exactly the easiest of crossover games for the, for the Chicago Fire this year. At least at this I point. Didn't yeah. that. And they hit, they crossed San Jose's path when they were unstoppable. And they've kind of come back down to earth now, but like they were. They were looking really good when we had to play them. And that was a well, team they lost to last year by is it five. What was it? Was the one that got uh, Cronholm the permanent goalie position? Um, sure. That was uh, it. Was four, it was three or four? It was four nothing or something. It was out in San Jose. Basti didn't play that day. And Calvo, we saw we saw brutal. bad Calvo. We saw brutal Calvo. San Jose though. It, won't be like got his record and then got like some some bonus goals. That was tough. I was at two thousand like, for that one. Um, Logan Paul's is having a well, like a watch party and it was really depressing. But I got my photo with Logan, so that was exciting. <laughs> Although San Jose, to be fair, the, their last time out they smacked the holy crap out of the LA Galaxy. Although I'm starting to realize <laughs> that's not a hard thing to do. And Jonathan Klinsman was his first start, so. Clinton's yeah, got Jonathan, Jonathan Clinton like got that. his first start and he gave up four. So, <laughs> right. I, oh man, I forgot about well, Jonathan. I'm, 
Okay, so San Jose, go back to the end of just because we're looking at it. They lost this Colorado 5 nothing on September 23rd. Then one at LAFC, one, again, one at home against the Galaxy, one at home against Vancouver, lost at uh, Portland, and then smacked the crap out of the Galaxy in LA. So they've been on a bit of a run. They're back on that hot streak. You have a great again, memory. So. You're just like rattling these off like you're not reading a screen. It's impressive. Oh, well, no. I, mean, I Yeah, I'd like, to, yeah. I'd like to take credit for that, but no. It's called the power of the inner Googles. I'm, I'm not ashamed of, you know, if I don't have uh-huh. Alex here, I don't have Alex. I've got to look this stuff up myself. I mean, we could we could have put the call out to Alex to give us a complete recap. And he would have. I mean, he's the one that proved that White Owensburg is the only Chicago Fire player from the state of Maine and only the second player from the state of Maine in MLS history. So yeah, I did that learn that. Last, last <laughs> that's, that's some deep research. That's that's why we have Alex. Alex is our great researcher. Anytime we throw something out there, he he seems to find it, and it to me it's awesome. And then his parents remind him to do his homework. So there's always that too. I so think, I think Alex, you need, to to like, homework. You need a What's obscure, that? irrelevant fact of the week from Alex. <laughs> yeah, Alex is a great kid. I, I I appreciate any any kind of, when he contributes. I mean, he's done so many cool things for this show. So we we appreciate Alex and what he you know. So there's that. Um, back to the today's game, though, now that we've taken it off track. A 2-2 draw. It, Alex Campbell, writing for Hot Time, said there wasn't a whole lot of action in this game. And I was watching the game on my phone. I was out doing things with the family. So I, I was watching it and not watching it. I don't disagree with it. They The fire had, had a few chances early. Um, the one that obviously comes to mind was the free kick from... Um, from Madron, where he played a low ball to Calvo. Calvo kind of scuffed the shot, but it went on CJ's feet, and CJ just couldn't just couldn't muscle it in. And only if you know what, ten minutes later or fifteen minutes later, they go down a goal when uh, Pineda turned it over. Olmsberg yeah. got abu- Olmsberg got absolutely got abused by. Um, was it Hurtado and... Yeah, well, he shoved him down like he was on the playground, right? He still scored. He, he, he still like did, yeah, and he, and he put, it, he put it far post. He put it far post pass. Yeah, he put it far post by Bobby Shuttleworth. But when it comes to CJ, I'm starting to watch him, and I feel like I'm watching Robert Barrage earlier in the year. And Pat had pointed it out, and I'm, I'm, I'm if I go back and listen, probably you did too, get him, get Barrage a goal, and it's gonna the goal's gonna get bigger for him. And again, Barrage scored right before halftime on on a corner kick that found its way to the back post and he put it in. The defender tried clearing it off the line, but he cleared it off from in the goal. And but with CJ, does you are you starting to get that same sense? Like he's in the positions, he's getting the chances. Bad luck, whatever it is, he's he just needs that one. It can be the ugliest goal in history. And I think CJ you're gonna see CJ just I'll hopefully do another like Barrett's just take off on the world, but I feel like he's close. Well, I feel like he's not playing striker, so he's not going to be in those positions to be familiar and make it automatic. Right. Like he's, he's playing on the right. He's playing like right mid, like he's going back. First of all, his defense today was fun to watch. Like he's just so physical. It was fun to watch him uh, kind of knock people over uh, because he's putting in the work on the defense, which means like he's not going to get these sort of, Sitter chances to get you know get the cobwebs out, um, so it's going to be harder for him to like just get one in. It's just less opportunity for that to happen. But yeah, I mean the one that Calvo scuffed and it kind of slid, skidded into him. He just couldn't get his feet out of the way of his own shot. I can't blame him too much for that. But um, no, but I, my, like I said, that's just where I saw it. It, it reminded me of Barrage, just like all twisted <laughs> up. And as a scorer that CJ can be, I felt like if he gets one of those. I think it's going to be. I think you you could see some some greater things from him. Um, but you're right. He he does play. He plays out. He's playing in that spot uh, out in the right midfield right now, and he, which is one of the things I really like with CJ is he can play three or four different positions, and he's good at all of them. It's kind of his versatility is nice to have, because when Frankie and Georgie came on. And then uh, Collier, he slid more into into a central into a central. He's more of the number ten at that point. He wasn't drifting as wide anymore. So like him, I want to say him and um, Georgie were interchangeable because I saw him sometimes. I saw Georgie in there sometimes. But 
his his versatility is, I think, is a weapon to, that they can utilize. And when you're up a goal, you don't feel like you have to pull him out because he can defend a little bit. Yeah, it's a, like you said, it's a lot of just, I'm going to beat you up and take the ball from you, but it works. The thing I like, I mean, it's not like he fits every position well, but he like fully commits to it. Like if, if he's in charge of like the left side, like he is going to work back. Um, it might not be pretty, but like he's going to put in the work. And there's like some, sometime in this game, I think early, I think first half, you would saw him like sprinting from a defensive spot on the right all the way up to help Eric with the press. I'm like, you know, you don't see that kind of commitment every day. Um, mm-hmm. Especially there wasn't much commitment to the press at all today, but um, it w- you would see him just flying down the line to get up. So I appreciate that, even if it didn't yield that much like, this time out. Fair. Um, so, like I said, so today's today's adjustments were without having Gaston Jimenez back. Was they tried bringing Pineda up, putting Olmsberg next to Calvo, and hoping that solved the problem. Yeah. I thought Pineda was okay. I thought Pineda was okay, although he did have the turnover. He had the turnover to lead to the first goal, and he got beaten near post on the second goal. But by and large, he was okay. Um, he wasn't great. He wasn't great. It looked like he was rusty, for lack of a better term, for what I know. Olmsberg proved he's he's a squad player, which is fine. But if you're expecting 90 minutes from him week in and week out, you're you're going to be in trouble. And yeah, I agree. Uh, he did get the assist today. He got that uh, knock on header for the uh, for Bears' goal, which I didn't sure. realize until I rewatched it. So that was surprising. Um, and he's got height, so if you know the fire stays lethal as they have been on free kicks. He's still going to be a threat. I mean, God help us if he has to run back <laughs> after a free kick because he's like per motorcycle level speed. Like he's not, he's not fast enough to uh, to recover. So he's just got to be smarter. And I'm not sure. Not calling him dumb, but I, I mean, it's, his positioning has to be perfect because he's never going to like recover from the mistake. So the end of the night. Um... You get Johnny B as the player, the man, uh, the man of the match. And we talked about this a little as we were getting set up here. And how did, how is that lack of, for something? I'm looking at his stats. He looks like he was active defensively. looks like he did a lot of good things. But on Kansas City's second goal, he was the one beaten on, on the back post. He lost his mark there when Kansas City got its second goal. So... I'm curious how you give man of the match to somebody. And Johnny B was good to hold, was pretty solid the whole day. He got stuck with Johnny Russell. And you, as you said, Johnny Russell can be a beast, but, and that's the side of the field was Johnny B's side. And Russell didn't, he didn't score. I mean, he might've gotten some opportunities, but they solved him. So how, how do you feel with Johnny B as man? I, I mean, to me, it should have been Georgie Mihaljevic and a story. I get it. It was just a, a guest appearance, but you score and, and the last kick of the game, you're man of the match to me. Yeah. A uh, hero for sure. Um, maybe just getting tired of giving it to Madron. Cause to me, I mean, it's pretty clear. Madron is, is, you know, the timekeeper of this, the attack, you know, and he puts in a defensive effort too. It's not as pretty, but like he's, he's active. Um, yeah. I don't understand the, the born scene. He, he did fine. Um, but it's a head scratcher for me too. I mean, I'm never gonna, um, never gonna slam Johnny B. I really like what he does for the team. But I, I mm-hmm. guess maybe I didn't see everything he was doing uh, to to warrant that. You know, the man of the match award. Yeah, it has. I mean, it has to go. To, uh, it's got to. It's got to go to Jordy, right? Got to go to JoJo. But. Yeah, it it, it, ha- it has to. And um, I mean. You got Mahalovich. When did he come on? He came on in the the 60th today, and I believe in Alex's Alex Campbell's write up for Hot Time in Old Town. He mentioned that with the field conditions being so so, they didn't want to rush Georgie back out there, and he replaced Fabian Herbers, who, for all the success Fabian Herbers had, you know, at Soldier Field early the last couple times out, he, to me, he, again, he didn't look. I'm sure he's doing a lot of little things I'm not seeing. He wasn't as impactful as he was earlier in the year, I guess, would be what I, my thought was with Fabian again today. He, he was there. He, to me, he was, he was just a guy. I didn't see anything specific um, 
that stood out. Now, did, is there unless there's something I missed with him today? No, I mean I got a note about this too. I think he was pretty quiet today. Again, he I think he got the other assist. Um, maybe they didn't credit with him. He was critical in, in that other goal. No, I take that back. I don't know. Yeah, he was quiet today. Sorry, I thought he was the assist to Barrett, but it, that was actually. It was almost was So I, I think like maybe SKC knows what they're doing. They saw how like Herbers operates, and you know you choose one guy to shut down for a match, right? And maybe they shut down Herbers. Um, I know like I guess they're playing a four three three, but you're clogging the middle, right? And mm-hmm. th- this is my Almsberg slash Pineda issue. Um, to Pineda at at the six, if that's Jimenez, he's a he's a threat to get the ball upfield, but Pineda really isn't like, you know, when, when the CDM drops between the center backs, like it's to distribute the ball and he didn't really do that. And so all the distribution had to come from the center backs. So that means Calvo, who's not that great. And Amsberg who looked like Calvo, Calvo's, Calvo's solid out of the back. I I'm looking, I'm looking at Calvo today and Calvo was pretty active coming out of the back. He, he's got a, the, mo- the most touch, some of the most touches on the team. I'm looking at Wyatt Olmsberg. Yeah, he had quite a few as well. And when I look at the at the chalkboard, the opta chalkboard, Madron had a lot more turnover passes that were not. He he's the engine, no question. His touch wasn't as good today. It doesn't look like, and that, and that I actually recall was like he wasn't doing some. He was still really busy, really active on the game, but he wasn't as successful as we've seen in the past. And he definitely wasn't Gaston Jimenez successful where he misses like one or two passes in the entire night. Um, so, but that, that might be, there's more I'm a drawn to do for that reason. Um, I'm looking at Pineda now. Pineda had, a, yeah, Pineda had a lot less turnovers, but not, not a lot of shots down the field, per, you know, not a lot of crosses, chances, anything down the field, a lot of just playing the short ball. So like yeah, I, said, I, I thought he shut down the center and, and um, we had, we yeah. had what we, we did what we could on the sides and maybe that's why Bornstein is so present. Um, but like, I, I know this is, I'm joking, but was Osberg like allowed to pass forward? I saw him sitting and putting his heel on the ball, sitting and looking both ways, and either passing back or passing sideways, like almost every time. Like, I wonder if they're like, all right, you are not passing forward. <laughs> well, <laughs> you go I, I, square, be, you be, go back and you stay to, out there. To be fair, Brian, when you look, if you go look at the Opta chalkboard, there's a reason, and I will I will screen capture this and I will post this on um, on the minivan dad soccer uh, Twitter feed. This when you see this, you will understand why they wouldn't let him pass it forward. Okay, it didn't turn out. I'm looking at the number of red arrows, you know, red pass. Mm-hmm. They're going forward, going sideways or backwards. Green, all almost all green. Like ninety percent of the ones going forward are red. <laughs> so maybe a good rule not to. Uh... Yeah, maybe there's just nothing available. I don't know. I it's just possible. thought it was funny. I think Calvo was the only person with the, you know, that side of the field was where that attack had to come down because the other side was either either unable or it was just shut down. So it's fine. Hopefully, oh, there we go. Hopefully, I screen share. Oh, I screen shared with you, so you get to see it. But we, I will I will take a cut and I will paste this on the minivan, Dad. And this hey, is Omsberg? This is Omsberg right here. Yeah, nothing forward is green. Well, there's a few. It looks like... But it's a, a predominant... There's a whole lot of red going forward. Yes. Where, yes. If you, where if you look at Francisco Calvo going forward, uh, there's a lot more green. There's a lot of red in there, too, but there, there's some green going forward with Francisco Calvo, which that's red. to be expected. I mean, you're talking about some, Calvo, who who maybe doesn't as much anymore, but featured for Costa Rica versus Olmsberg, who you know, features for the state of Maine. So this is great. This is great audio, by the way, <laughs> discussing a, a visual we're both looking at, but this will, this yeah. will show up. This will, this, will show up. this will show up. Okay. So we'll have this, this will be posted. And um, so we saw the, you know, it's 60th minute, like I said, kind of going through the game a little bit. We saw the, the introduction of Frankowski and Georgie Mihalovic. We saw uh, Herbers and Aliceta exit, Aliceta looked like I saw flashes of what I remember early on with him, like when he was really good. I saw bits of that today, which made me happy. But again, I don't know that maybe he just 
without Jimenez isn't is good, and that's possible because Jimenez is really I think is that good. But Frankowski too. I guess mm-hmm. he wasn't. Frankowski like, Go ahead. Pretty, what, pretty what did you today. Think? Pretty what? He had some nice moments near the end of the game, but he was looking not great, at least based on my informal note taking. Um, at least early when he came on. Um, yeah, and I agree with uh, Eliseda. Like, he's shown flashes, but he also saw some weird things where he doesn't really – he can overcomplicate things, and sometimes he's going to take a dribble when maybe he shouldn't. And there was one run where, like, I think maybe Bornstein, like, put one to him to set up a one-two, but then they both ran parallel to each other in the same direction, and it kind of blew the play up. So I think there's some familiarity and a little more, like, positional awareness. Might be helpful. Again, he's so young. Right. Um, that can come with, with experience and time, but sometimes I, frustrating. But he's so dynamic, and you kind of tolerate it. Sure. And I saw one where it was like he got free on the left side, and it was trying to cut back in. So he did like, but he did like four step overs, and then did not, and then ultimately went to nothing. It's like, so you see the flare, like the idea of the flare there. Frankie, he wasn't, which I think is almost depressing that with Frankowski, he wasn't terrible. So you almost feel like it's a win. With how much he, he's struggled this year, yeah, he really he really has. Um, yeah, I mean, a mediocre performance for someone who's underperforming, I guess, is progress. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's, which I, yeah. Hopefully, and hopefully, his trajectory is kind of like last year, where he was good at the end of last year. That we get to see that Frankowski back again, because Lord knows they they really they need that. They need the depth right now that they can rotate players through so mm-hmm. that would so, be I mean, they played their best their best games with him out and i was mm-hmm. for a while i was wondering if it's because he wasn't in the lineup but i also think since i haven't been on the the past uh since this happened um i think like in general wiki has had them play simpler there's not nearly as many little widget tricks in in his like playbook Right now, like I was obsessed with the overlaps and the underlaps when we talked last. Mm-hmm. It does not happen. Any, it does not happen anymore. Um, I think he's made it simpler um, with Frankowski out and Herbert's moving to the middle, and I think the team is excelling in that that you know instruction. So who knows if Frankowski was, was active now with a simpler instruction, if he would actually not have had the struggles he did before. You know, Poss- possibly. And it, and it's funny. I know we did talk about that. The number where you're talking about there was at that point it was Navarro and Sekulik were more, were more involved in the attack than Frankowski and I, and who was on, I guess, uh, Herbert's, oh, Johnny Herbert's was still pretty active. Johnny B. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Cause it was Navarro was playing more, but they were as much in the attack. And it's like, we keep talking about them for their attacking ability, but neither one were defending worth a crap at that point. And that was one of the problems versus now, like you said, I think you might, I think you're onto something that it, it, it's a little simple, a little more simplified and Johnny B doesn't get as forward. He picks the spots more carefully. He doesn't get it as forward as often. And it seems to be more successful. Over, like, their defending is better. Yeah, but the back to basics, right? And um, that worked. That's worked pretty well so far. I mean, that's so, lost along the way, but yeah. Of Under the pretense that, because I, I know it's close that Jimenez and Navarro will be out of quarantine in time for Red Bulls. I, Pat's not sure. My guess is if they keep testing negative, they'll be back. Um, while, while Gaston was gone, who did you like seeing in, in his in his position? Was it Azira? Did you like seeing uh, Pineda? Was it uh, Brant uh, Bronico? Who do you think filled that role best? I mean, if... Because we're going to keep the team's going to keep losing Gaston Jimenez. We know that's going to happen now. So who, well, who feels that? If if anything, it makes me appreciate Gaston a lot a lot more. I, we all knew he was quality, but in his absence, you see like who the role that he plays cannot be you know backfilled. You have to change the the team strategy or the structure to accommodate that. Um, I feel like Pineda is the best option. Just because I think or I hope that maybe Kappelhoff can go back instead of Amsberg, and then suddenly there's not a liability behind you, or, or as or much possibly, as a liability. or possibly Carlos Turan, 
or possibly right. if if he shows, you've got, yeah. you can put on you can put Andre Reynolds out on the left and slide Johnny B over. I mean, you have options mm-hmm. that, that you can I use. Think I feel better about that. Like Azira, I really like what quality guy, he's a great guy, but mm-hmm. I don't understand what he doesn't seem to. Uh, when it, was he against DC? Like I just just watching him, I'm like I'm not sure what he's doing on the field. But, and Bronico is hustle. But go ahead. It was interesting. It was interesting with the zero was when he came on against Sporting Kansas City. I thought he was effective. That's why I, I wasn't surprised to see him get the run out against DC. It's like you said. You're like his energy, his hustle is is for him too. And Brant, I mean Brant Bronico is. BB's effort is always top shelf. It, but Azira's speed, Azira's ability to co- like cover ground, was outstanding. But there are a lot of things you're going, huh? Okay. So I guess I'm still sour about Mo Adams. I feel like he should have kept Mo Adams instead of selling him and buying a version of him that's older and less effective. But you know, Mo is not not exactly killing it in Atlanta. But I don't know why you deal him away when he was a young piece so i get you know what i don't i don't disagree with that um i think there's some definite truth to it uh <laughs> and then elliot collier i guess what did we, i guess we did settle on um kiwino i guess is what pat <laughs> set himself up with a wonderful opportunity and then you understand he's elliot collier and not you know it's it's Elliot Collier and he shanked it. You know, it's just I'm I feel a, like that's, I'm a Collier. Uh, sorry, go, you feel go ahead. I feel like Collier once or twice a game is going to set himself up in an amazing position for a goal, and I feel like he just whatever reason that last finish is just not there. It's weird. <laughs> man, and today was no different. Collier, it's like jazz, man. It's the chances he doesn't get that it's going. <laughs> I'm an, I don't, I'm an apologist. I I still watch like watching him play, but he looked absolutely awful today. Um, are you do you are you watching the weakest link, the new NBC weakest link? I am not. Okay, so I have not been watching it. The thing is, like, you get a question, and if you don't know it, um, just say something quickly to get it over with, instead of like wasting two minutes and then screwing it up and ruining it. I feel like. Today, Collier had maybe three or four attempted take-ons at the end of the game to be like the hero, and they went terrible. They went terribly wrong. And so, like, not only is he like wasting time and ruining a chance, but like also kind of like dangling and like doing. I don't know. It was it was torturous today. But I still tell you, man, he only scores goals that he's not supposed to. <laughs> like he's not. He's just. Uh, it's, he's a weird guy. Again, it's, he's a guy you throw out there to see what happens. And today, nothing happened. I, like I said, he had that chance. He had the one. He just well, scuffed it. He, scuffed, he just he absolutely scuffed it. The less likely he's going to make it. It needs to be something absolutely random. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he's but, a chaos. He's a, uh, he's a chaotic good. Yeah. So it just like it's, it's one of those with this team that, like I said, they're in the playoffs. You know, my my review of the hashtag post game, the barbarians are at the gate. They're unhappy still. I although I I sometimes wonder what will make them happy. Um, it's a and as I think we've talked about, it, I know I've talked about it with Pat. This doesn't feel like last year. Like last year, they hung around the line for a bit, and you're like, okay. You, you, you never you never felt like even if they made it they were going to make a deep run or anything like that because the, they just for whatever reason that the chemistry just was not matching up with the talent that they had I mean although they missed shot after shot last year this year feels different this team is not typically hard to watch I don't feel tortured watching them it's not ugly there you can see some definite concepts being u- utilized you see ideas you see some definite skill out of a lot of the players. And again, you think about who's missing on this team right now. Again, we've, we've obviously met already mentioned Gaston Jimenez being out. Um, Stojanovic is not, you know, not playing this year. Uh, Navarro's out. It's. Kapelhoff still out. Kapelhoff is still not bad. Yeah. I, 
that's a lot, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You- well, I would, I will say this team has ideas, but I didn't see any ideas today. At least maybe they just weren't able to execute them. But the, today seemed very languid. And I mean, I would ask you, like, which team today did it look like played on Wednesday? <laughs> it looked like the fire were uh, not not up for it, or just it was just a weird vibe the whole game. And maybe it's the white noise machine uh, noise, like a crowd sound effects in Soldier Field, but it seemed like it was a very low energy game. And it didn't seem like any team really tried anything. The game just kind of happened. It was a really weird. It didn't it was, seem like there's anything. Again, uh, it's like a plan. Alex Alex Campbell mentioned sloppy, and and that's. And that's a good word. I'm looking at, at the overall team stats. Fire, not the percentage possession necessarily was going to give you indicative of the game, but it looked like they possessed, and they did, 56-43. Uh, their passing accuracy was 76%, which to me, I'd have to go look at some other games, but that seems not very good. But then Kansas City was only 66. Total mm-hmm. passes for 438. So they possessed, they seem, they seem patient. It's just... They, yeah. But there was no, but there was no creativity in the final third, and I think part of that is was due to Madron sitting deeper, Herbers not finding the pockets of space he usually finds, and not having Gaston Jimenez putting the ball right where he wants it to create those opportunities. Right, those big switches to the left and to the right is what opens up the game, and they just, they didn't have it. The other thing I noticed today was they're playing direct, they're playing over the top, and then I think Sapong and Barish did a really good job of hold up play. But, you know, they're holding it, waiting for this oncoming rush, and it, nothing, nothing was coming up, you know. There was sure. one time where I think Derek ran down the, the right side with maybe Busio on his back the whole time. Like, a, he was carrying, like, a backpack all the way down the field. And he finally gets to the end line to look for, like, who he can pass back to. And no one is there. Like, no one followed mm-hmm. him out into, like, and he and, just took, like, a, a bad shot. Like, where is that kind of trailing run? And And then that's where... Earlier in the season, Herbers was the one making those trailing runs and getting into right, those, those yeah. spaces. Um, Herbers, Diesel, just engine just flying through there. But yeah, it wasn't there today. No, it, it wasn't. And and again, the other one that was was having that impact when he was on was Georgi Mihaljevic, and he only came on after, after, for 30 minutes. So early on, you didn't see that. And you know, again, later in the game, you saw Collier do it once. And then he, of course, like I said, he had his one shot that he skied and, you know, his one golden opportunity. But so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it'll be nice to see when they get Jimenez back. I feel like this next game with Red Bull, I mean, they're all big at this point. If you want to make the playoffs, I get that. But this game to me will be telling one way or the other, because Red Bull's right there with them. It's at home. It's a game that I feel they should win. This is one where going into it, one point you won't feel okay with. Like this one, like I said, coming in, you said if they take a point, you'd be like, I want three. I guess one point's okay. I feel like Red Bull, unless it's another smash and grab at the end because something went wrong during the game, is going to feel like you dropped two. I don't care what it, what it is. Their Red Bull's okay, but if you're a playoff team, that's a game you need to win at this point. Yeah, I so. mean, they both played 18. Looks like Red Bull of 24 on Chicago has 20. So you get a win against them. You're kind of holding them back from that kind of Eastern, co- Eastern Conference thrust um, and take them down. I mean, mm-hmm. just ahead of Chicago is Nashville, who are beatable. Um, the Dax Derby coming the up. Da- the Daxico. Daxico, there you go. That's a, uh, that's what I, that's a path decided it's going yes. to be the Dax El Daxico. El Daxico. Uh, technically, New York Red Bulls is an El Daxico as well. So, someone out there. It, it um, is, but, but he's not there anymore. If, if he was still, play, yeah, it was last year, but now it's the El Daxico is the other way. And I guess it's the absence of Dax Derby. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That. Um, yeah, they gotta they gotta win this game. It's like that that is uh, the Red Bull are at the top of that second tier of playoff contenders, and so it's that was that lobster thing where you know people, they climb up on top of each other, get out of the cage, and you gotta bring that top guy back down, Just bring him down. We gotta get to the top. Sorry, are you aware of the lobster theory? Have you heard about this? I, I have not. Other, so I, I they help each other get to the top of the 
aquarium. Uh, but as soon as one is about to get over the top of the aquarium, they pull them back down. <laughs> and they all wind up on, on your dinner plate anyway, so it really right. doesn't end well anyway to perform. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like that. But though the this game with Red Bull is that's a must win if if you're a serious playoff team. And it felt and it feels like they should be a playoff team. I don't think this team is ter- is it's not like in years past where they'd be lucky. It's this team should be, be should be good. It's getting there. I get it. It's still 17 new guys. It's a whole lot of chemistry to figure out, but I feel like the talent isn't is better than it's been in years past overall. I feel like there's more quality and more positions. Um, it's a lot of younger talent as well. It's not depending on um, what's his name, um, Schweinsteiger, you know, and mm-hmm. to to be and Dax McCarty. You've got some some solid young players and yeah, young. They got some pep. They got some bite. Um, I'm looking at Eastern Conference, you know, and Chicago's, you know, lost, you know, easily. They've lost to everyone on top of them here already. Um, but four, what four games left? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's doable. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't because they're in position now. Um, but you know, it's coming down the line. But I, again, I agree. Like this team feels a little different. Last year, I tracked like point value totals to see where they stood compared to years past. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it this year because the season is so messed up. But sure. yeah, they're they're in a position of qualifying now, so get it done. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that. That's what it comes down to. So, all right. So. I think what I'm going to do here is we're, we're going to, as we've done this for a half hour, I think we've talked as much. I, th- I think we've squeezed as much water out of that stone as we could get, to be honest. Um, do you want to briefly just talk about Jordy's goal? I mean, to be brief. Yes. Actually- yeah, we can. We, yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about that. I, 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 it's a thing. It was a thing of beauty. I, I get it. You, like you, you had mentioned earlier, it was desperation to get there. The ball held up into the wind. He went through the ball. I, he just kept going. Beat the goalie there, and I, and that wasn't even the that wasn't even the coolest part. It was the the defenders are flying back. He cuts, he stops, and cuts yes. it back, and and finishes it easy. Instinct is, you know, this is the last kick of the game. I gotta knock this in right away. And he yeah. had enough intelligent, you know, just situational awareness to know the defenders are going to be flying by, and cuts it back and slots it in easily. And that composure. The composure, like, yes, that's the word. I was, it was so I was so impressed by that, just the guts to do that and the ability to do it. I mean, that was great stuff. So proud of him. It, it, to me, and to me, like it, it, it's twofold. It's one recognizing that ball is going to hang up and necessarily make it. And part of it is the the timing. That you know, no, it it's the last minute. You're going to do that anyway. But that it held up in the wind, and he he brought it back and. Peter Vermees lost his lost his mind after the game, which to me was I never mind that. I never mind seeing that happens no matter what. Vermees is going to blow up at some point during the game. It's just what he does. Yeah, but it's more fun when he does, though. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. You kind of you you know, pay the price for admission to see Vermees like go berserk at some point during a game. So yeah, he he was unhappy with both the goal and also with the first goal because it was VAR and then the second goal, oh, it was past the four minutes. Any referee t- is going to tell you when it hits that time, if the team trailing has the ball and is going uh, going forward, you get the, you give them that last chance. Right. And it was past the four minutes because uh, they refused to take the throw in. Right. Like, he like was it again? Barish was like, "Is someone going to take this ball and throw it in?" And no one would even come towards him. And like refs watching that, he's like, "All right, that was like thirty more seconds. Like you get that time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Um, and now I'm reading the MLS write up, which was done by yeah, it was uh Kristen, Kristen Scheitz, do it. I I'm going to kill the name, but she, <laughs> but but the they they gave Georgie man of the match. So, but it, uh, the Heineken man of the match from um. Univision, the their crew gave it to, I believe, like I said, I thought I saw somewhere it went to Johnny B. Eh, whatever. 
Did you did you have this? Did you have the sound up during the game? Man, yeah, what's well, fine. They talked about the best Mexican striker for 15 minutes at the beginning of the game. And, uh, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, I'm barely listening to it anyway. Um, but I can't complain. Whatever. I'm glad it's on TV. Yeah, I, yeah I'm glad it's on TV. The the English the English announcers that were covered were were terrible. Yes, they're terrible. It happens. But it also reminds you that you know with Tyler Terrence and um, Tony Mueller, we have things we have life, and then Arlo White sitting in the bullpen, we have things. Yeah, pr- pretty. I, I really like the crew. I like our crew. So yeah, Georgie Georgie's um, equalizer at the death though was that you know that's one of those you sit there and go. Except that we've had our, our our dreams crushed time and time again, but that's one of those you go. That could be the turning point. That could get him back on the front foot again. But then again, we've seen him do that and then turn around five minutes into the next game, give up like an absolute howler. So being a fire fan over this last decade has taught me to not get my hopes up on that. But doing the show and doing post game shows, I try to stay optimistic. So it's kind of like that catch 22 in this one. So right. now one and one, I guess I do have one more thought on the game. So the first goal, it was VAR overruled it. When are they going to invest in goal line technology? This to me seemed like a no-brainer. We, goal line technology would tell you it's in or it's not. Like immediately, yeah. Yeah. Um, I never. I guess I thought MLS had that. They apparently they don't, so they had to go to VAR. And the camera angles they were showing were not good. No, they're, they're bad. And the, even the frame advancing to like find the right thing to even look at seemed a little messy. Mm-hmm. Like the cameras were in the right position to even see it. But, that, but they overturned it, which is very on fire this year. No, you know, it like, is. That was that was a karma gimme. We needed yeah. that one. They, there's been enough of them this year where it goes to VAR and you just know it's going to end badly for the fire. It seems like every time it does. And that's what I was expecting to happen this time. Same here. Well, I was expecting him to go not to ever do. Nope, just nope. Let's just play on. But I, I did see screenshots at halftime. I can't remember who had had him posted. It it looked like it was over the line. So. You know, VAR did what it did, but if you're MLS investing goal line technology, it isn't that hard. It really isn't. Do the right thing here. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I say VR is another thing, but like I think the goal line is pretty obvious. I think that's a, a, an easier setup than having that sort of instant replay VR system set up. So, yeah, do it. So, and couple other things I want to touch on before we wrap it up today. We're going to step away from the world of MLS and we're going to step over across the pond a little bit because as we've mentioned in previous shows, you're an Everton apologist. Uh, And Merseyside Derby Derby today with Liverpool, two to two draw. Controversial to say the least. I guess that we'll start with the same question for you as an Evertonian fan, an Everton fan here. Do you feel like you stole a point, or do you feel it was equal, uh, or do you feel like you dropped two? How do how do you feel out of that? I we stole a point, and we're morally bankrupt for it. it two, two just like gruesome, gruesome tackles to like kind of to bookend the game, right? Pickford mm-hmm. in, in the in the early and Richarlison at the end and like, uh, even, you know, you're playing a derby, you're playing a team you quote unquote hate, even though like none of these guys are from Liverpool. I don't know why their hate is so strong. Um, that was awful. It's, it's hard to be excited about being number one in the league. Hum, humble drop number one on, on the table right now to, to walk away from this, not feeling kind of rotten. Um, that was a gross, that was a disgusting game. Uh, I did not. It was hard to feel victorious. Sure. and Or ha- half victorious, I guess, because it was a draw. It was a draw, and to have Liverpool have the goal taken away by VAR, um, all my the fans, I, the Liverpool fans that I follow were very upset by it. And, you know, as a referee, I'm looking at it going, wondering the same thing. I get it, v- offsides is you are or you're not. But also, to me, VAR, I like the concept of clear uh, clear and obvious, and that was not clear and obvious offsides. I, even their line oh. did not look clear and obvious. So that's where I, I've, got a, I've got a problem with it. Um, 
Some they weird said the shoulder, the shoulder. They draw the lines, which is fine. But I look. I'm looking at the lines, and I don't see it. So I'm a little concerned about that. Um, yeah. Well, then, I mean, the, the, first of all, the Tiago pass to set that up was amazing. The best part sure, of watching the replay was. 20 times in a row is the sort of no look, or at least like misdirection. He looked like he's going to go across the field, and that's like this laser. It was. So impressive. Um, but yeah, VR, maybe they blew it. There were so many half chances in that game. Like, it was, it could have gone either way. There are so many no calls. There could have been two ejections from the Liverpool side if you really wanted to get into it with Henderson lashing out. Um, yep, and I, I think Fabinho should have picked up a second yellow, which would have put him on a red card. We lost Seamus Coleman, who's our captain during this game. Um, so it's not like even because the Pickford tackle on Van Dyke was brutal. It gr- gruesome. It, it, it was no gruesome. one got out of this game clean. No, and, I, and I, we talked about it before we hit record, and I want I do want to bring that up because I I've read I, the only things I've picked up is because it was called offsides, and that's not a foul because the gate you know they whistled for offsides. The problem is that's that delayed offsides that they wait until the forward touches the ball before they actually call it now. The the problem yeah, delayed offsides just the the problem for me is is it, it's garbage, it doesn't work, and because of that you left that position that injury possible, and now we have it. And I I hope the FA and FIFA go back and look at it, and they have. They find a common sense medium out of it. Delay the offsides, I get it. But when it starts getting closer, don't let it get that close. Blow the whistle ahead of time. Do not leave players where you can have that crunching tackle on that kind of a play. Van Dyke's out now eight months, and you're talking about a top three, if not the top defenseman in the world, center back in the world. It just it's it's very unfortunate and really unnecessary. So forty five angles of instant replay. If you're not gonna make that call, like clearly, like not, I, Pickford wasn't anywhere close to the, to the ball. Maybe he didn't realize like the ball had kind of skipped by and his tackle was just straight at the legs. Um, but why are you even watching? Like, what's the point of VAR replay if you can see this kind of you know destruction of Van Dyke's season? over and over again they don't make a call so yeah, yeah I, and and that and I, again i'm not sure I, I guess it's because the whistle went it's not but it's still it's still a tackle I, whether the the game is going i mean just because you're waiting for a restart doesn't mean you can't walk up and punch them well the ball wasn't in place so the same okay. thing. yeah as soon as that's offside you know like knives out <laughs> you can do anything it's apparently you can't call it if it's offside no, I, I guess not. So, and as ugly as that was, I don't think it was the ugliest moment in the Premier League this weekend, in my opinion. Are we going to get into the referee thing? We are. We are going to get into okay. that because I am a referee, and one Sergio Aguero decided he didn't he didn't like a throw in, so he walked up and he put his hand on the, on the female assistant referee and. The the initial reaction I, I I saw was from Arsenal one of the Arsenal like Ars blog or something like that and it was like this is disgusting and that was my reaction too I'm like what the hell is he doing and I didn't think you could put a hand on a referee period you're not supposed to yeah usually that's going to usually get you in the book and that was just there was nothing right about it and then Pep's post game he his comments were. Something like, oh, Sergio, he's the nicest guy in the world. It's like, it doesn't excuse it. There's no room in the game for that, period. Yeah, well, I saw, I saw it live, and I it made me feel a little uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and then I kind of, like, let it go. <laughs> you know, if you see something, I didn't say anything um, or tweet yeah. anything. But then later, I think I saw someone else tweet it. I was like, okay, someone else saw that, too, and said something. Sure. So I'm going to, like, say something, which is, you know, passive. I felt guilty I, not saying something initially, but you know, I guess that was a shared sentiment. That NBC didn't address it at halftime, and maybe it was—I know it was close to half, so maybe they just didn't. 
But to me, that felt like Ryan. I don't know if they covered it after the game. I, I didn't. I wasn't paying that close of attention. All I heard was they were talking about Notre Dame coming up. So I don't know if they even addressed it then. But just weird. That just weird that that didn't happen. My anticipation, my prediction is he's going to get a retroactive red card for it, and he'll sit a game or two for it. Is that's what I believe will happen. The outrage on it is pretty strong, and, and as, as it should be, it, it was inappropriate and. Every sense of the word, and you know, it's not a. It wasn't professional, and I think rightfully those that said, would he have done that if that was a a male assistant referee? The answer is, I don't believe so. So, ah, uh, I mean, or you know, the the question, the, the what about it is, and then this is like, well, players put their hands on rest, other rest all the time, and you don't say anything, or people don't say anything. And I'm like, I don't know what you wanted me to say. I mean, it's is it because she's a woman? Like, maybe it shouldn't be because she's a woman. It should never happen, but it is in this particular case. So what's what's your what's the point of saying, like, oh, guys do this all the time? I don't know. It, it felt really weird. And if you saw, like, Aguero, like, screamed, like yelled at her, like, in a normal, like, you know, ball, that ball was not on me. And then she starts, like, walking back away from the play, and he, like, grabs her shoulder and, like, pulls her back. And it wasn't like aggressive, like, and it might have even been like a little affection thing, like, hey, you know, I'm just messing with you, but like, it just felt very, very Awkward. not good, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'll be curious. So I'll be, I'll be, I'll be curious to see, and if nothing comes out of it, it means they didn't, they didn't, that she just decided not to, they or the referee crew decided not to put it in the match report. But I said I would not be surprised to see some retroactive punishment. I think he should get a retroactive red card and get a game or two for it, despite that, you know, for regardless of that. So. And you think of a professional woman referee who's like, I don't want this kind of attention. Like, she's not going to say anything because, like, it's just going to distract. Like, she would probably want to play it off, too, because, like, I don't want this to now be, be a thing. You know, I, it's a, I, felt, I feel bad for her. It's like an unfair situation in general, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I feel like something needs to be said. Um, because, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm not an uh, articulate or particularly thoughtful on this matter. I think other people on Twitter have a lot more to say about it. Um, but I'm glad people did point it out. Sure. So it's comforting at least that other people had that like immediate reaction. And and that was the same thing when I first saw it. It was the same thing. It's like, ugh, yuck. And then, as and like you said, there are people on Twitter who are a lot more articulate about the, these about something like this than I am. And the fact that their reaction was along that lines, if not more angry than mine, not just like, yeah, it was anger with it made me realize, yeah, that, okay. So I, what my eyes didn't deceive me. It really, that was inappropriate and that it it shouldn't happen in any way, shape or form. And just to see that. So it, again, I'd like to think we're past that. And like you said, maybe it was, you know, it'll get blown away, blown off. I, I just don't think so. I think there's enough reaction that the FA is going to have to, and the Premier League are going to have to say something about it. So, I wouldn't be surprised on that. On that note, so. Other than that, it was an uneventful, right? An uneventful. <laughs> Let's no, end not, with something happy. <laughs> oh well, okay. We can, being Chicago people, we can, we can end with something, something happy. Okay. But it, but it really isn't. To me, it's we're gonna. I, I have a sad note. I want to end. I want to also address. It was. St. Uh, St. Louis FC tonight was eliminated. So if you're listening to this tomorrow, St. St. Louis FC was eliminated by Louisville City in the USL playoffs, and so that'll be the last game for St. Louis F- uh, St. Louis FC before before the new team comes in in 2023. And that's to me that's 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 kind of sad because I, I I do know those guys the the, the Lugans and their podcast. It's it's always funny they. They do a great job, and I know they were the Fires um, USL team for for mm-hmm. a year or two that they were sending players down there on loan. Um, I want to say, was it Joy Kalishri down there for a couple of times? But great group of people down there that, that were keeping that team going, and to see it disappear just because the MLS team is coming in in a couple of years. Um, yes, St. Louis FC for St. Louis City in a couple of years, and so that that was kind of a sad note. Um, so, <laughs> well, it's a good shout out, like like a little sad trombone sound effect here at the end of the show. Um, yeah, that, I mean, Sam Lugans were great. I think we had a I forget his name. We had a good correspondent 
reporting back to us at OTF about how St. Louis is doing um, during our time there. Um, yeah. yeah, well. So, so you said you want to end on a happy note? You, you yeah, said you well, want to end on a happy note. You need a happy note? I, 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 I can find one of those too. I do have one of those. And it was. Um, okay, this one's good. Was it, uh, is it Alex Brady, the homegrown goalkeeper for the fire? Yes. On loan at Madison. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Looking great. And if, if uh, one-to-one final, I believe, he's pretty much taken the number one job at Madison. So at 16, he's starting for a professional team. I mean, he, you got him. In, so the future is bright. I, I, I like Bobby Shuttleworth, don't get me wrong, at least for, for now. But the future is bright when you start looking at him and Gaga are both 16 and are both getting closer to being ready for professional. I mean, and I say Gaga has to be in the sense of he's dressed. Um, the reason why, and as Pat has reported, that they didn't send him to Madison is because they wanted him to get the exposure with the first team. Hmm. So they thought he, I, the implication is that they thought he was further along than, than Mr. than young Brady, young young Mr. Brady down in Madison. So um, it's, it's an interesting, like I said, it's kind of a, uh, it's Chris Brady. Um, Alex, Alex Monet, Monis, I think he's in the 18 yeah. and Rodriguez is nowhere to be found, I believe. So, um, but Chris Brady was, was excellent again today. He had a save late in the game with his foot that you're just looking at going, how the hell did he do that? So, um, it, it, we, you need something optimistic, we have that. So That's great. Our, all our little half mingos playing over there. That's It's great to see that getting time and, and, uh, and uh, you know, excelling and, when and, you have and that. He was, and he was, that, he was wearing that amazing goalkeeper's jersey that Madison had. Yes. God, I love those kids. The, the, Always the one good. that belonged the uh, what do we call it? The, the Madison PI jersey, I think we called it, is what Pat and I called it. <laughs> something. Nice. Well, because I mean, it, it looks like it belongs on Tom Selleck and Magnum. You right, know, like need a mustache, and then it's. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, that's a good. That's a good positive. That's so, <laughs> any other final any any other final thoughts, tonight, Bry? No, it's great. I just uh, just look for those DMs, like you know, once in a while, TJ, I'll see that DM pop up. I'm like, All right, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> And it's always fun, and it's and it's always fun when to get a little bit of a, a change a change of pace. I, I I enjoy Pat Pat's reporting. Pat always has good insight coming out of the game. But when we get when it's you and I, it's just like we're fans doing this. This is just straight fan. It's not the educational things that we. Get. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's more straight visceral fan right. reaction. I I love as, listening to to you guys chat, but it's it's always nice to also jump in here and have an uninformed little chat as well. Um, a little color commentary on the straight facts. Yeah, and then yeah, and tonight we didn't need to go to we didn't need to go to Alex in the bullpen. So I feel like we're we survived. <laughs> this, this survive in advance. Rep- yeah, like um, the fire and survive in advance. Survive in advance, and they get they get the week off, so that'll be that'll be a nice change. Um, not as many games this week, so maybe I'll even try and slip get a regular show in during the week, and that'd be that'd be so weird at this point. I wasn't. Re- I wasn't. I did not plan ahead because I was expecting the midweek post game, and all of a sudden that got canceled. I'm like, oh crap, maybe I should do a show, but then life life just finds its way of getting in my way. So there's that. Um, but this is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. It's uh, at Minivan Dad Pod on Twitter. Brian, uh, you're at Owen Goal. Is that correct? That's correct. And then I'm at TJ Zaremba. Definitely follow us. Follow the show. Give it five stars on. Apple Podcast, Alex, yes. Uh, Google, not, it's not Google Play anymore. It's not Google Podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. Definitely, like I said, give it reviews so it gets bumped up the chain there. Um, we'll, we definitely will have you covered on Chicago Fire postgame shows, and we'll drop the occasional show in on other things, especially when we get to offseason and um, anything, you know, when we get to uniform reviews, when we feel like it with the MLS one, it's always one of my favorite shows. So there's all that. Uh, Brian, thanks again for jumping in and giving Pat the night off and saving him because, you know, last time, last time we held him hostage. So <laughs> it's good to have you back, Brian. <laughs> good to be here. And on that note, you're done. Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead. The morning's looking bright. Morning's looking bright. And your shrink ran off to Europe. And didn't even write
and your husband wants to be a girl. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name.